0: This is That Means Nothing to Me, a podcast about incredibly specific accomplishments. I'm your host, Trey Taylor. Welcome to the episode. Quick disclaimer about the opinions expressed in this episode, we are going to be discussing the newest branch of the US military, the Space Force. Danny is by no means an expert on what they're doing or how they're building the organization. Any piece of information he presents can be found openly on the internet uh, and therefore should not be treated as more credible than any other news source.
1: My name is Daniel Sanchez, also known as magician Danny Sands. I'm an Airman First Class in the United States Air Force, and I wrote the Space Force motto Semper Supra. What
0: does Semper Supra
1: mean? Semper Supra is Latin, and it translates as always above. What do you do in the Air Force? I work in public affairs, I'm a broadcast journalist. We tell the story of the Air Force. We document things that need to be documented. We're the connection between what's happening in the Air Force and the public. And if the public wants information, they can get it best through public affairs because we are the hub for communication, both between the commander and people who live on the base and who serve under him or her. So it's like a two-way communication between the commanders and the rest of the servicemen, as well as communication between the local community where the base, like whatever city the base is in, we help build those relationships between the local news, local authorities and government, as well as the American people in general. And what does that
0: look like on a day-to-day basis?
1: Every day is a little different. So it might be... Um, making a short video to inform people who live on base about new rules or construction on a road. It might be about news releases, about certain uh, newsworthy events that have happened or are going to happen on base that the local community would want to know about. Certain things like recruiting commercials or, or things like that might be public affairs at a different level, not at the base level. But anytime that the military wants to give information to the public, it's going to go through public affairs at one point.
0: Did they put out word that they were looking for a motto or you just suggested it and they went, oh, that's that's great. That's really good.
1: So after basic training, no matter what branch you're in, you probably go to a tech school. Tech school is where they teach you your trade and that you get specifically trained for a specific job. So it was during that time, I don't know, it was May 2019. But during that time, people weren't sure if it was real, if it was going to happen or not. That didn't matter. If I heard about the Space Force, I'd be like, yes, tell me more, (laughs) sign me up. One day I was just thinking about it, so I came up with a bunch of mottos. I was like, well, Air Force has a motto because we have to say it every day in basic training. So I was like, well, the Space Force is probably going to have a motto. Might as well wonder what it's going to be. How about this? How about this, this? This? So I wrote down like four or five ones that I came up with. And then I told to some, some to my classmates. There was one guy sitting next to me, and I was like, hey, what do you think of these five? And he was like, ah, that one's okay, that one's okay. Oh, I like this one. And I was like, yeah, that's my favorite. So I just kept it. And, I mean, Space Force wasn't even real yet, and I kept it in the back of my head. We'd say it sometimes. So then I just got my first duty station, and I I go to work every day. Months and months pass, and then it turns out that Space Force is real, and it has been legally brought into existence, signed documents and everything. So the first thing they announced was the official members and the fact that their name tapes, the tape on their uniform that has their name and says, it either says U.S. Army or U.S. Navy or U.S. Air Force, the name tape for the U.S. Space Force was Blue Thread because the thread color is different from each branch a little bit, just so it makes it easier to see from far off, because a lot of them are wearing the same style of camouflage uniform right now. I didn't know that. Yeah, so like from like 10 feet away, if I see a black thread on somebody's uniform, I can tell that they're in the Army, as opposed to the Air Force, which has a more spice brown color. So that was the first thing where they're like making choices about the Space Force and how they're going to look. So. Man, I really like my motto. Simper Supra. And I had all my reasons for it. I told some some leadership on my base, like walking up the steps, casual conversation. I said, Hey, I kinda have this idea. Do you think that'd be a good motto? And they're like, Yeah, I guess. Sounds all right. You know, if you're interested, just tell your leadership they might know somebody in your career field who's gonna be able to put it in front of people making these decisions because they're like studying all these options because they have to make choices. So I tried to make it as official as I could. I wrote out a whole page explaining the different mottos that already exist, some official, some unofficial, the history, what my idea was and what it would mean and how it could be interpreted. And uh, I gave it to my supervisor, and he said, yeah, I think I know somebody who might be in the chain that can get it pushed further up. And then I also had someone else in leadership who also double-checked and made sure that I got where it was going to, and then nothing for like, Two months or a month and a half and then one day you just get an email from like the highest ranking person in charge of that decision and it said this is a really good idea and it's not official yet but we're gonna go with it so I had to sit on it and I, I told some people like ah oh, it's like one of the top contenders like this looks like it's gonna be really promising And that was it. There was no call out, there was no contest, there was no mass email that went out asking people for suggestions. I just knew that that was one thing that I was like, ah, I'll take this chance and I'll send this, I'll send this email up to whoever. And if somebody sees it, they see it. What were some of the other mottos you came up with if you remember them? I I have no idea. (laughs) And I don't know where that document is. I probably wrote down like five of them on a Word document. I think it was on my, like in the cloud, on a drive in the cloud on the internet that we were using for school. And once you graduate, everything in your drive gets deleted for the next class or whatever. So I have no idea what else it could have been or what what else I came up with. But I remembered this one because it was the one I liked the most. Tell me a little bit about the meaning. How did you come up with Semper Supra? It's so simple. Wasn't a rocket scientist, but just choosing the right word to capture the right feeling and meaning. Cause Semper is used in a lot of, I don't know. I don't know if you know, it could mean nothing to you, right? (laughs) The Marines have Semper Fidelis, which means always faithful. The Coast Guard has Semper Paratus, which is always ready. And the Navy has an unofficial motto, Semper Fortis, or always courageous. I, I took one word, one word is already written for me, always semper. So I just had to find a second word because I want to keep it short. And so I just went to probably the internet to a translate site and I typed in a couple of words. I was like, well, what's like victorious, like always victorious. That sounds good. And then I looked up all the Latin words that could be interpreted as victorious. I was like, ah, that one's not that great. How about this? How about this? It's like above. Supra can be interpreted in multiple ways one of the first interpretations is on. So always on, which is kind of also true. I mean, there are no off days for the military, you know, whether it's your shift or not, they call you, you go. But a more accurate term that I wanted to pull is another definition of supra, which is above. Because, hey man, space is above you. But it also means so much more. Our standards are always above, like whatever you're gonna try to do, Take it to the next level, always above. Has to do with the sky, has to do with the stars, has to do with once we get here, where do we go next? Just keep going, always above. So that's why I chose that one. It just sounds so good because it's easy to say. It's not like a, like even uh, Semper Fidelis for the Marines usually gets shortened to Semper Fi, which is what a lot of more people are familiar with. But Semper Supra can't get any shorter. Super easy to say. It's so close to the word super, which is a positive word, and it's got two syllables in the front, semper, two syllables in the back, supra, and they both start with s, and they both have a p in in the middle, semper, supra. So it's just a lot of little poetic things, I guess, that went into it. And then when you translate it into English, the two English words also have two syllables in the front, two syllables in the back, and they both start with a. So it's just Simper Supra, Always Above. And they liked it, so thank goodness they liked it and they selected it. I'm glad I was able to contribute a tiny way to help build the future. Danny
0: is currently deployed overseas in Germany, so he uses Facebook a lot to communicate with his friends back home. That's actually how we recorded this interview. While we were talking, this happened,
1: which I thought was really cool. On Facebook, somebody just sent me a video they have, like, a Formula One race car for the United States Space Force. And it says Semper Supra on the race car. No way. It says Space Force all over the car. And then even on the driver's, like, jumpsuit, like, on his back, says Semper Supra. And I'm just oh like, oh, my God. yeah. It's so surreal. You made it. I'm sure people in my office are sick of it already. I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah, Semper <laughs> Supra, get to work. Jeez. <laughs> I can tell you about something else that'll mean nothing to you. Sure, sure. Alright. So among my many hobbies, I also have an extra class license for ham radio.
0: How's that sound? <laughs> that I mean, that means nothing to me. What is
1: Yeah. What is that? Okay, well, you know truckers on the road and they have their radios that they talk into. Uh-huh. Like the stereotypical truckers, like, I'm coming down Route 66 so those radios that they're using in their trucks their big rigs those are cb radios charlie bravo cb so cb stands for citizen band that means a band is a range of frequencies that's why if you look at your am fm radio in your car if it's an old enough car you can see the band like the the little white stick that moves left or right with all the numbers that band is a specific set of frequencies used for public radio so you can tune to the left or tune to the right until the dial stops moving because there are electronically electronically frequencies go to infinity but these radio frequencies in your car only go from here to here and that's where all the like the popular music you listen to and the news and the weather those are the frequencies that those companies those news companies use there are more frequencies so in a cb radio a trucker he uses a different set of frequencies and anybody can use them who is a citizen. That's why this is called citizen band. So all you do is plug the radio in, and it looks like you're going channel one, two, three, four. But those channels are only memory slots, and each memory slot is a very specific frequency. Just like 103.5, your radio station that you listen to is 103.5 megahertz. So citizen band radio is what the truckers use. So there are other frequencies called ham frequencies, H-A-M. doesn't stand for anything really it's just it's almost like one of those things that's lost in translation to history can't remember what it stood for it's also called amateur radio so there's amateur radio frequencies and in order to use those frequencies you have to take a test so the extra class license is the highest level of license you can get it's the most difficult test and once you get it you're allowed to speak on those frequencies you can build radios or Manipulate antennas and try and reach as far across the globe as you can, within within some limits. So I I just found that interesting and I studied radio technology and the tests all the questions, and I took the test and I have a call sign. My call sign that's assigned to me is K2DNY, Kilo Two Delta November Yankee, and to most people that I means nothing. But it's really it's really cool, and if I meet like a mostly it's like. Older people, because as technology has advanced, we don't really need radios anymore. Everyone's got cell phones, which is actually just a handheld radio. I'll tell people that. I haven't been able to use it because I'm here overseas, and the, the rules are a little different, when, which you're allowed to transmit. Plus, I didn't bring my equipment. But that's another one of my way out there hobbies that people have no idea, or many people don't know anything about.
0: So, what is the point of getting the license? What all can you listen to on it?
1: The point is that you can experiment and listen to anything that's being transmitted on those frequencies. So if the grid, the entire electrical grid that our country and every other country is based off goes down, something happens and your cell phones don't work, the people with the amateur radios, the ham operators, their equipment's gonna work because it's not built on a network. It's their one station with all the power and all the receiving and transmitting power to another it's station to station we're not it's not dependent upon a network of antenna towers and computers that are linked and call centers and switchboards. so that's the benefit but you could just, just turn it open and listen to certain frequencies you hear some guy talk about his dog and how he wants to water his lawn or new car he just got so the idea is like when the stuff goes down ham radio is another line of communication so a lot of them practice for storms especially down south in Florida where I was. They're like on a storm watch team where they'll go to like the local Red Cross and set up emergency communications to help firemen, to help uh, police establish communications because if, if whatever communication line local government is using goes down, they can call on these people who bring their equipment and make contact with each other so that people can manage emergencies. That's one of their uses.
0: How do you sign off on ham radio?
1: Yeah, really, you just say your call sign at the end. So you say, Kilo 2, Delta, November, Yankee, 73. And what does 73 mean? 73 is like shorthand. Again, it's lost. I mean, people have different things of where it came from. It just means like goodbye. It's like a goodbye. Have a good day. Some some people say 73s. They make it plural. Then there's people who argue about you can't plural number you just say it once for everybody it's like no i'm saying it one for him over in that 73s or you say or you could say k2 dny clear
0: there is one thing danny does that i do know something about and that is actually the story of how we met
1: Tell me about your second job. So my second job that I got still when I was in high school was at a small stand in the mall selling magic tricks. So I learned these like five magic tricks and everybody walking by in the mall, I would try to bring them over and get them to buy like a magic kit. And I didn't know any professional magic at the time, but that was like the start of it. So after I learned those five tricks really good, like, oh, you're really good. So I was like, I guess. Thank you. Do you want to buy the kit? And then when they didn't want to buy it, I'd be like, ah back to the square one but I did keep those skills and I learned some basic tricks And then years later I picked it up again when I moved down to Florida and I got a job at a local magic shop down there because I just needed some extra money so this is part-time and I found a magic shop which are getting they're getting harder to find but they liked me and they let me be the man behind the counter showing some simple tricks you know And then I met like a really cool circle of magicians including you sir down there in Orlando, and I just started trying to do my own shows and worked also in Universal Studios. There was a magic shop there that I worked at. and you just slowly build you know like a pocket full of tricks and those are the tricks that that you do very well. So yeah, I was able to do a couple shows. I won a couple of contests. There are magician conventions in case people out there don't know, and there are contests at those conventions. And sometimes all you got to do is sign up. If you sign up and you're the best one who shows up, then then you win. You don't have to be the best in the world. You just have to sign up, show up, do your best, which is kind of what happens later with the motto because nobody told me to submit an idea to anybody, and I wonder how many other people had great ideas. Maybe someone came up with the same motto. If they didn't submit it and write a letter on their own accord, you don't get recognized. It doesn't reach the right people. So that's how I won some magic contests, and that was that was really fun. You won Magic Dove, too, right? Yes. So I won uh, Magic Dove, Magic Shops, Magician of the Year. I won Florida State Magic Convention, staged first place. So, yeah, I've done, I've, done, I've done a bunch of things, and then I'll forget that I've done them. Like, I'll go through my whole resume in my head and be like, yeah, then I did this, then they did this. And then somebody will be like, hey, didn't you do this? I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, I did live in Japan for like four months and teach English. Totally forgot about that.
0: Danny had, in fact, forgotten to mention that he had lived in Japan for four months and taught English. I didn't know he had done this, so I asked him about it.
1: So there's a lot of programs where if you have a bachelor's degree and you're a native English speaker, you can go and be an assistant language teacher because they want native speakers in a classroom. So I applied for the job, I got it, didn't have any teaching experience, I flew over to Japan and lived in a tiny apartment. I would just be placed in a different elementary school every, every week or every two weeks. They're more like middle schools, their grade systems are a little different than ours here in the United States. And I would just try and do a simple lesson based on the topic that the teacher gave me like the week before, and that's what I did, I was all there. I was out there all alone, didn't really have any friends. I had like two other English speakers from the same company that I worked for, but they live like 40 minutes away by train. So I was supposed to stay longer, but I just wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling satisfied, but it's an amazing, beautiful country, very nice people. The trains are all color coded, easy to understand.
0: Did you pick up a lot of Japanese at the same time you were teaching English?
1: <laughs> no. No. <laughs> None? None. Well, some, but it's all like, excuse me, where's the bathroom? Uh, if the bathroom can't be pointed to from where we're standing, I won't understand anything they describe to me. So, so it was difficult, the language barrier. So there are a lot of things you can do in your life that you're going to be super proud of and to the guy down the street he has no idea no value he doesn't mean anything to himself you know i've done i've done some interesting things i think i have an extra class radio license i lived in japan i was a professional magician and i wrote the space force motto so if you have any ideas or if you have things that you want to do in your life just take a chance Try it, you never know.
0: That Means Nothing to Me It's an incredibly well-done podcast hosted by me, Trey Taylor. Audio editing is done in Audacity Suite 2.3.0 or recorded on a Yeti blackout omnidirectional mic. All of our music credits for this episode can be found in the show notes wherever it is you're listening to this. Special thanks go to Danny Sands, who you can find on Instagram at DannySandsMagic. And everyone at the incredible Ramstein, Germany Airbase. I'm sure I'm butchering that pronunciation. I basically got security clearance to conduct this interview, so that was incredible. I know i mentioned it in the last episode that the patreon for the show is now live up and running you can check it out at patreon.com slash that means zero the number zero there's a couple cool rewards in there like getting your name in the credits or sponsoring an ad segment in the show so if any of that sounds cool to you uh head on over there and check it out there'll be a link in the description we are still working on the formatting length and overall vibe of the show so if you have any questions comments or if you just want to let me know what you thought please feel free to shoot me a message at contact at thatmeansnothing.com. You can also find me on social media at that means zero, the number zero. Thanks for listening. 73.